We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Ciao, geeks, and a welcome to the Geekocentric Podcast. My name is Kevin, and in this episode, we take a trip to the beautiful Italian coast on an adventure with lessons in friendship and conquering fears. This is our review for Call Me By Your Name. I, I mean, Luca. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have the... Il Triton Pui Allegro, the Kesta Park de Mediterraneo, or the jolliest merman this side of the Mediterranean, Nate. I'm a merman, Daddy. A merman. <laughs> and we also have un homo che non haspara de bargnarsi e diventar selvaggio, or a man who isn't afraid to get wet and wild, Jayla. Well, that's that's good. Uh, Momo is a good word to describe me. <laughs> it's Uomo. Uh, my my Uomo. apologies to any of our Italian listeners <laughs> for absolutely butchering your beautiful, va- beautiful well, I language. Hope, I hope they're either, you know, they'll write in and tell us that they're offended, or they'll write in and say that uh, you know they were absolutely pleasantly surprised that you tried. So it I, was a I, valiant I, effort, Kevin. Exactly, a valiant effort. I have yeah. never been good with the. Uh, 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 secondary languages for myself. <laughs> uh, I was terrible at French in school and I would not have been any better at Italian, apparently. <laughs> um, alrighty. Uh, are you guys ready to shore up our thoughts on Pixar's newest animated adventure? Oh, I like yes. it. I like yes. it. Uh, as yeah. a warning, there will be spoilers for Disney's Luca. If you haven't seen the movie yet, what's wrong with you, stupido? Uh, but seriously, if you haven't watched the movie yet or want to hear our spoiler-free thoughts, Check out our podcast from earlier this week, then watch the movie, and then come right on back to join us right here. For today's show, uh, we're going to give a summary of our overall impressions about the movie before talking specifically about what worked, number one, and number two, what didn't work. Uh, We'll then have a discussion about how this movie holds up from both a storyline and visual standpoint in comparison to other Pixar movies. But first, here's a brief synopsis for Luca, which is available to stream now on Disney+. Set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera, Disney and Pixar's Luca is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend Alberto, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. They are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. Directed by Enrico Casarosa, and written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones, the film stars Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, Maya Rudolph, Jim Gaffigan, and Marco Bericelli. Um, all right, gents. So as briefly as possible, why don't we jump right in uh, and reiterate our overall impressions of this very literal fish-out-of-water story. Nate, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I mean... Again, I think we said quite a bit about this in terms of our, our spoiler-free review, but like, what an incredibly heartwarming and lovely movie. Um, I said it then, and I'm going to say it now. I can't stop thinking about it. I honestly, it, it. Uh, I think one of the big things is, and I didn't really touch upon this in the in the spoiler free, but like it borrows a lot from other stories, obviously. But I think Pixar just has this way to to still make it so original. 
Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the attention to detail in the characters and in their individual personalities. Um, the story arc, I think we see a lot of growth in pretty much, I think almost every character, not every single one, but almost every character. And I think the subtle ways that Pixar uses foreshadowing for each character um, is another example of why they're, they're master storytellers. And so, yeah, man, it, it's, I, I, I love it. It's so phenomenal. I, I couldn't agree more. Just how about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Nate. Obviously, you know, from our preview episode, I, I kind of said it, you know, um, I wasn't really anticipating much from this movie, but I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it from its, you know, the beautiful cultural aspects of it, the the visuals that that is Portoroso. Um, and also just the themes that were were played out, the, the the friendship, the conquering fears, the idea of adventure and and the idea of escaping, we think we might know to learn something new. All of that just really rolled up into this movie really nicely to to actually give a very heartfelt story. It sounds like a lot and and, and it kind of is. Like there's some things that I think as we as we discuss, I'll kind of be like, well, I, I don't know if that was really necessary. But I think overall what they were really trying to hit was this, you know, strong focus on just understanding a world outside of our ourselves. And, and I think that that's, that's the biggest thing that I took away from this movie. And I think anyone who's watched it would probably get that that sort of messaging from it. So, you know, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to just this, go watch this movie because it's, it's actually really, really good. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't know if it quite holds up to like maybe some of the top tier Pixar movies that they've made over the years. I mean, that's such a high bar to, to, to try and meet. But it's certainly, I think, my favorite of the three Pixar movies that have come out in the last year. I mean, that sounds crazy to say on its own. It's been a very busy year for Pixar. Uh, but I, I would certainly put this at the top of the list uh, in comparison to Soul and um, Onward. I just think, uh, as I mentioned in the, the, the our preview show, I think it's the most beautiful film uh, Pixar has ever done. It just looks so stunning from the characters to an environment that you just get so immersed in. And you feel like you're there at the time and then instantly want to go visit it. Um, I think the character work, the acting was so strong and really helped to deliver the messages that Pixar was trying to sort of promote with the movie. And so honestly, uh, I, I have, I'll have very, very little to nitpick about this when we get to that part of the show. Uh, I just honestly think it was, it was a, a tremendous effort. Uh, but uh, speaking of which, why don't we get a bit more specific uh, and we'll start to break the movie down a bit more. Uh, why don't we go into some elements from the film that you thought just really, really worked? Uh, Justin? Yeah, I, I honestly think, um, you know, grounding the story in the Italian culture while also leaning on sort of the myths and legends and the lore of, of Italian uh, history. I think that that was that was that was a good idea for them to do to really ground this in something that is tangible and that we can be connected to while also creating a fictional place of Portoroso. Um you know, you can see the inspiration of, of culture everywhere. Uh, Enrico Casarosa, the director uh, who was who actually has lived there, you know, it was very important for him to take the filmmakers and travel, uh, do the research across Italy, look at the architecture, uh, just get a feeling and, and a setting and, you know, obviously take a look at the food too, right? And enjoy that. You know, I think all of that kind of wrapped into this movie really, really well to kind of create a very original yet tangible place if that makes sense if that makes sense right so um 
also just the going back to the idea of of using sea monsters like the sea monster metaphor really stands out for just kind of like i guess like a feeling of uh being different or excluded uh which i think is very topical to like right now in, in the world uh today um and, you know, that stems further into this idea of acceptance and, and, and understanding one another based on those differences. Um, so I think that these are the things that really kind of like, to me at least, stood out, you know, that worked really, really well uh, with with elevating this movie and, and really hitting home that message. Yeah, for sure. I I got to say, like, it's it's there's there's so much that I loved about this movie. It's hard to, like, kind of narrow it down. Um, and, and yes, it's not what I liked. I changed the segment title to what I loved. Um, because yeah, it, it honestly, it, it felt like a much needed vacation. Like we were kind of talking about it, the sense of exploration and wonder throughout the movie is as Lucas sort of explores more and more of the outside world. Um, and how Pixar's animators have done such a, a phenomenal job. Um, you know, I, again, I think it's just, it, it, it's, it's one of those movies that, will stick with you it will stay with me and i think they 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 really knocked it out of the park and i also want to just shout out like other things that i loved in terms of like the music um we'd mentioned in the preview episode how wonderful it is but like you've got the big horns of the of the score or the italian guitar and piano in in dan romer's score blended with classic vintage songs from uh, Quartetto Setra or Mina, who I'm just discovering through <laughs> through listening to this, a lot of the music from this movie. And she's incredible. Um, and she's a classic Italian artist from, from the 1950s and 60s. And like, again, this is just something that Pixar does where they introduce general audiences to these yeah, aspects of stuff. culture and yeah. they source it. And it's so, yeah. it, it's so specific. Like even, even like to the point of like uh, talking about like, Luca's uh, little farm that he runs with his goat fish. Um, apparently, goat fish are a real species of fish, uh, and they're found in the waters on the coast of Italy. So it's just like that's so cool. Again, that they they took this and yeah, they played it for a laugh with that that dumb goat. Like you know, or like I, I loved when he's like Mona Lisa, why are you smiling? And then she like <laughs> lets out a bunch of other little fish from her mouth, like. Just so many like incredible little details uh, that they pay attention to throughout the movie, and um, I just thought that was so so wonderful. Uh, something I thought that really really stood out was I mean I, I think Pixar's pretty notorious for this, but uh, I thought the voice acting was just fantastic, uh, specifically oh, yeah. from uh, Saverio Raimondo. Oh, Air Cole. Air Cole is, <laughs> is a great classic Disney villain. Just somebody that you love to hate, but also mustache. love when they're on the screen. Oh, his little catfish whiskers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was just so much fun. Like, just a deliciously evil kind of guy. Yeah, I almost feel like... Um... Who's the guy? Who's the guy from like Ratatouille? The villain Anton Ego from Ratatouille <laughs> yeah. could have been like, like related. He's his, uncle? His, his, his uncle, yeah, <laughs> his Parisian <laughs> uncle or something like that. Like I don't know, man. It just like felt it, he. Yeah, he's definitely classic uh, villain. That might have been done intentionally though to kind of create so that sort of continuity. Oh, are we right? doing like, the Pixar world theory again, <laughs> yeah, Justin? Yeah, Is that yeah, where we're yeah. at? I don't know. Like I, 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 I. Now that you've said it, it does, it does ring true. <laughs> I think that there is a, a bit of a sort of uh, parody, if you will, to that yeah. sort of that. Character. I could just see him like slapping him on the back of the head. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, you know, anyway, knocking him into shape. And then yeah, uh, huge, huge props too to uh, Emma Berman, who plays uh, Spulia, Julia. Julia. Um, <laughs> uh, I just 
the way I, her IMDb profile is next to non-existent. I mean, she's this is basically her first role ever. So that in in and of itself oh my is gosh, incredible. Really? Um, but the way she was able to, you know, incorporate Italian into her dialogue, it, it sounded so authentic and real. It was just fantastic. And and like, shout out to also the writing, like her line delivery. Of course, I mentioned in the preview episode is very authentic. <laughs> but like, shout out to the the writing just for just making the things that she says sound so much just like a little hyperactive kid. And she even says it at one point in the movie, like, "Am I too much?" Like my mom says, "I'm too much." And like, <laughs> I, I just like I just have to shout out when she's like, um, she's like, "Or can you stand passive aggressive insults?" Like that's a nice bike. I was just kidding. That bike is not nicer. Or that bike is terrible. Or something like it's just so well done and i i just oh, i loved it all i loved it all and like jacob tremblay as well like just his I, I, it's interesting i found him in previous roles that he's been in at least in live action i haven't really enjoyed him that much i i felt like he and maybe he's kind of he's obviously grown up a little bit now since i've last seen him in a movie but like i just think he he completely knocked it out of the park and again with with some of the restrictions that they might have had when acting off of each other um you know i i I think it was just phenomenal but one of the kind of the neat things that uh we had learned again from from the screener email was that apparently burping on command so when he when he does that he has that eats all that pasta and gets on the bike and he can't bike ride anymore he has that big burp apparently that's like a thing that jacob can just do uh which is burp on command well there you i mean there you go kevin we should get you in the next pixar movie but no, I just um, listen. I think the whole cast was was so phenomenal and like such a tight knit cast. Right. Um, I want to shout out Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan as well um, for just being like Jim Gaffigan for for Lorenzo being that dad who's like he's he's so useless. He's just yes, the useless. I do not have bumbling control dad, over right? I, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Or like just the moment when he like tosses that kid in the water was so <laughs> phenomenal. He's like, oh, shoot. Um, but even Maya Rudolph for. She she encompasses the the mother who you you see getting really mad, but then you know I love the moment when she she grabs Luca's face and just look me in the eye, I love you, and and then he does the same thing for her at the end, and I'm gonna cry again just talking about it. But I, listen, the tight knit cast, the small cast, I think was the absolutely right direction to go, and that was another thing uh, that I loved about this movie. You know, it was funny because you could see you can see little bits of your own parents in, in each of them right? oh 100 like so that was my mom for sure right yeah. and oh, i love I I, I I totally saw my like my my dad in like even just in massimo like yeah. that sort of tough guy nature yeah right but yeah i thought that was i thought that was great can i also just quickly talk about massimo really quick like um i thought he was just so fantastic because like you know you kind of see alberto's connection to massimo grow as kind of like a new father figure for him and and so like just again these little touches that i only noticed the second time i watched it like he gets so excited when massimo asks him to help with the nets Mm -hmm. even though he has to leave his two friends behind and walk away from them kind of getting a little jealous as as uh you know luca and julia kind of get a little closer together um but i just i love these little touches or like when he when (laughs) when um, alberto eats pasta with his hands and then you see later in the movie massimo Eating, trying to eat the pasta with his hand. I just thought it was such a phenomenal way to show that he is kind of really taking a liking to this kid. Well, um, it and hits I also at the end though, right? Like it really yes. hits at the end. When, oh, for sure. When they're it, revealed, right? But that's what I'm talking about. Like throughout the, throughout the movie, all these little tiny moments, very small moments, and Pixar's so good with that. Um, and just 
I just want to shout out one more thing. Massimo understands more than anyone what it's like to be born be different, different, yeah. right? And I think yeah. that was so perfect that they added that line of him saying like, I was born this way because then it really helps at the end when he like just instantly accepts them. I, oh, I was crying. Like I cry, I'm going to cry again. Like it's honestly, it's so, <laughs> okay, okay, it's so okay. beautiful. <laughs> and I just, it's so lovely, Justin. You can't say it's not lovely. It's amazing. No, it's, it's definitely lovely, but like, you know, Get get the man a box of tissues because he's about to leak everywhere. <laughs> I mean, just just so we're not leaving anybody out. Uh, props to Jack Dylan Grazer. He played the the role of Alberto perfectly. He brought that right level of cockiness, masking insecurity that I thought was really really good. I mean, Jack Dylan Grazer uh, might be my favorite you know young actor these days mm-hmm. he's great oh, yeah. in it he's great in shazam he's really good in this as he's well dynamic. So. he's very dynamic yeah, he's very dynamic he's got a lot of charisma and, yeah. yeah a shout out to sasha barra cohen as well as playing uh uncle was uh, he ugo, ugo? yeah he oh, was ugo was? Okay. no okay i could have swore because i didn't see it in the credits yeah so uh, he's ugo but yeah uncle ugo was was hilarious yeah i know i could have used some more of him i think well obviously there's a lot a lot a lot to love about this movie um but i mean nothing's perfect was there anything that didn't quite work for this movie given the high expectations that we've all come to have for a pixar movie was there anything that stood out as not quite hitting the mark I I don't know like I, I maybe this might be a slight diss to the movie but I do think that while there was all this great thematical elements that were just mixed into this pot to create this movie there was just a lot there there was a lot there was a, a whole lot with the the representation of them being sea monsters um without really any sort of clear explanation as to how or why they're able to just transform to like human when they step out of water do you need that though I think it's just something that they do I don't really know how to articulate what I what I want to say here, so maybe there there is really isn't a point to, but um, I just think that there the like the whole idea it, it felt as though them being sea monsters, while it would be very integral and important, really only served a purpose towards the end when they were revealed. Like they were obviously in hiding the entire time, and and I understand that from the metaphor of of you know trying to fit in and and not be yourself, and you know they they are who they are. But like it, it didn't, you know, like there, there, there seems to be so many other things that kind of overrode that, like the idea of like the, the friendship, the, 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 the sort of uh, idea of just the, the community, not knowing, stepping outside of yourself to, to, to really, you know, take a risk. Um, but there, I just thought there was a lot that was just kind of mixed into this and like towards the end when there's the sudden realization that they are sea monsters like it just seems like everyone really accepted them very quickly, um, and that that's in part felt from you know Massimo's I guess I just kind of stepping in. I think that was the point there. Yeah. yeah, he's sort of the voice of he's what everybody looks up to in the town. I guess as as a as, sort the, of as the sea monster hunter. But I also think like the the entire town. Like I think a lot of the kids maybe it was built up for the kids. The sea monster lore was built up for the kids. And there's some old, old people that might sort of still sort of really hold on to it. But I think like Massimo and sort of his generation of the adults on the Island, I think they're just there in the town. They're just sort of um, saying they're, they're telling these stories because it's, it's fun to tell them. I don't think it's, I think it's just more of a, 
it could even be seen as like a touristy thing. Like, oh, maybe we can get more people here if we kind of put posters up about scary sea monsters and create this sort of fake uh, farce that that they exist. And I don't know. I just I I really thought thought it was absolutely believable that that they they made that switch. And I think it also added to how powerful the movie was. And again, the Massimo point that we, pulled, we pointed out earlier. Uh, yeah, the, for for me, I think one thing that I was a little disappointed in, uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a really, really well-written movie, but I didn't find it as funny as some other Pixar movies. I mean, in terms of like dialogue presenting jokes, there was visual slapsticky style humor. Uh, I mean, the cat was fantastic. Oh, Machiavelli. Uh, fun, the cat was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, you know. Uh, and again, Air Cole was really, really fun, but I don't know. I don't know if any of the characters had any of that that sort of signature Pixar humor that I've I've come to expect and, and was, look forward to. I was saying this in the previous show. It seems like over the last year, with movies that that Pixar has released, they seem to have kind of steered more toward having a, an emotional resonance with the audience rather than just comedic stylings of what they've traditionally done that we're more familiar with like maybe like a toy story style humor where things are quips and and jokes and punniness is kind of written in in a very you know intelligent and intentional manner i think that this leaned more on the slapstick style rather than like sort of like clever comedic writing uh i agree with you yeah okay i can see your points again like and and i think that's you know obviously it's it's what you thought of the film so that's totally fine i just that slapstick humor that's reminiscent of the kind of humor you would expect from that era of film of in the 50s in the 60s that's that's very apparent and so again it's it to me I just saw that as another way of like it it, for it to not have that quippy dialogue it was simple it was it was light it was airy like we've said um I tried to think of like I really tried to think so hard of something I didn't like about the movie I literally this took me the longest time to write and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find any narrative moments that didn't pay off for the characters. I didn't find I couldn't find any characters I didn't enjoy that or that bugged me. And I I just I couldn't find any parts that didn't make sense for me. And so I I just think that because we have a a section called uh, what I didn't like, I I I couldn't find anything. And so I'm like I'm not going to stretch to I'm not going to push myself to. No, and yeah, it, it, no, you no, no sense in forcing it. <laughs> I don't know. I loved it. I mean, I, it was amazing. Jumping yeah. in, like, to sort of um, latch on to something you just said there, Nate. And it, this might be what you were saying uh, just a minute ago, Justin. It almost felt like this movie was a bit simpler. It wasn't as it wasn't as complex uh, in terms of even the, the themes that it was dealing with that we've you know seen in some previous Pixar movies. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought Soul went way too far in the other direction and was way too heavy and way too weighty for what is essentially a family movie. Um, but this one almost felt more tailored to kids than to kids of all ages, if you will. You know, I yeah. don't think there was as yeah. much there for adults as there typically is in the Pixar movies. And maybe again, that comes from just the lack of sort of adult jokes hidden amongst a kid's movie like we've seen in previous Pixar movies. I'm not sure. It just... It felt like Pixar light almost in in a way for me. 
Yeah, I think this is a good representation, though, of, as we've already said from the past year of movies that Pixar has released, a, a kind of a shift. Still the same sort of culture of Pixar with with sort of heartfelt, very relatable, sort of connected stories, but also just, I think, leaning more on that sort of leaving an audience with with something that has more emotional resonance and and still having a, a fun time along the way. Because I think I think there's a comparison that can be made between this and Onward. I think there's similarities there, and, and I feel like just Pixar is is definitely they're trying to really find I think a way to not necessarily reinvent themselves but keep themselves fresh so that they're not just known for the toy stories or the you know the the cars or the the you know the the bugs life and all those things that but I think do you people think, like, do you think this will hold the, the like stand the test of time like something like you know a toy story or even you know an up or something like that like is this a movie I, people are going to be talking about in a few years well, are we are we, are we comparing it to all the other Pixar movies at this point? Is I mean, why don't we jump right into that? Sure. You know, how does this sort of hold up or compare either visually or from a storytelling standpoint to previous Pixar movies? It here's the thing to to come in with to come in with the hardball of of you know Toy Story um, and and some of the more kind of original classic you know The Incredibles and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely you know new pixar this is this is a, a future yeah. iteration of pixar and it's and it's modern pixar and 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 i think as far as modern pixar is concerned absolutely i think it absolutely does stand up to to that is it going to replace toy story no not no, in the not, slightest no. but at the same time i don't think it's trying to i don't think it's trying at no. all to 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 try to be that again it's it's light it's airy it's enjoyable it's comfort food it's something that you just want to you just you're, it's not like you're a heavy a bowl of day. pasta right right except you know it makes you want to eat one but like it's 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 something that you you turn on when you're not feeling too great and it's going to make you feel better you know and i think i think for me that in terms of comparing to other pixar movies yeah, I I loved it, and and specifically like, listen, I dropped a hot take. Uh, I think it was a hot take because I know a lot of people really loved Soul, and I loved Soul. But I I dropped a hot take not too long ago when I said I enjoyed Mitchell's versus the Machines more than Soul. Uh, I'm gonna do it again, and say that I enjoyed this movie more than either of those movies. Um, and so as as far as how it stacks up, I mean, however you want to put that in the ranking, go for it, but. It's as far as modern Pixar is concerned, at least their la- their past, I would say, five movies. This is at the top for me. I, I don't I don't know if I could say the same. I, I definitely enjoy the messaging and, and the themes. And I, and I think, Kevin, to your point, while Soul seemed to really go far out and it seemed like it was more for, for the parents that would watch that movie with their kids, um, I feel like this movie was for the kids. But I think parents can still look at it and, and see the important values and why it would be good for their kids to watch it. That being said, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like just because of those elements, I don't think it'll stand the test of time for for it to be an you know an all time great for Pixar. I think that it definitely has captured its own unique look, its own unique style, its aesthetic is is definitely on its own, and I love that. But in terms of its story and uh, what it it does, I think there's better examples that Pixar has done. You know, they still carry weight in terms of really good storytelling, and and you know, yeah, I think I think when I look at Pixar, I almost view it in tiers. You know, way down at the bottom, I would put things like. Cars, all of the Cars movies, Incredibles two, um, 
you know, Brave is kind of was a weaker one, in my opinion. Um, I mean, obviously, at the top, you have those classics that we've already mentioned, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, that just they'll they'll be tough to sort of reach that. You know, it'll be tough to make a movie that good for them again, I think, just because of how fresh and original and new it was in the world of animation at the time. Um, So I think this 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 sort of goes into that second tier. With movies like Ratatouille and and Up and Wally, where it's it's not quite the pinnacle of what they've been able to achieve as storytellers, but has so much going for it and and works in so many ways far more than it doesn't work. That I think it it, it it's a, it was a great movie. Even, even when Pixar doesn't hit a home run, they're still getting a triple and driving in a few runs. Like they're still getting it done, and they're still better than anybody out there making animated films, including their own. Disney animation studio. Um, and so again, when I say it's not a top tier, that's not trying to diminish the, the quality of this movie in any way. It's interesting. I mean, now that they're up to, uh, they're, they're at, uh, almost 25 movies, uh, Pixar's done. It'd be, it would be interesting to sort of take a look and, and sort of try and rank the movies. Um, you know, now that there's such a large catalog to work with, I'm, I'm wondering where this would slot in from 1 to 24 on my scale of, of Pixar films. Well, tune in for a future episode. We might just do that. That'd be kind of fun to do. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah that'd be sure. really cool. Um, but before we get to our sort of you know conclusion and our final scores, were there any moments in the movie that stood out for you that you really enjoyed? Yes, 100%. There were a million. So, guys, strap in. This is going to be my podcast from now on. I'm hosting <laughs> from now on. I'm taking it over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, honestly... Uh, I love like I'm gonna just name like two maybe. I loved seeing the the mini attempts at building the Vespa, and then they're taking it down the ramp. And there's that one moment where he's like, "Who's got the ramp? Turtle does." And it's just this turtle like about to walk <laughs> off the the the, the stone or whatever the rocks. He's faster than he looks, and I just love how it it doesn't work every single time until they do it together. Right. And it's just so much great foreshadowing for the the underdogs later on. So um, phenomenal. Uh, I loved seeing um, when Julia shows Luca the stars and you see that sort of spark for learning just grow in him. And it's just so beautifully animated. And and she tells him about Saturno and they fly through the Colosseum in Rome and he just gets so excited to, to read her school books. It just again, it's just another moment that just helps that that finale, that beautiful ending moment really pay off and, and just how, is that how when he, when he, he gets is. on the Hogwarts express. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's when he, you know, when he gets on the Hogwarts express for sure. And says goodbye yeah. to, uh, to, Alberto. to Alberto. And, Oh, I'm, that's so nice. Okay. Where's your tissue? Um, <laughs> some things that really stood out to me as moments was the dream sequences that he had. The, the sort of like imagining beyond. Uh, so, you know, with him and, and Alberto on the Vespa or, you know, to, to Nate's point when he uh, when he's with Julia and they're, you know, she's she's basically teaching him how they a first represented just his excitement and his his imagination of what the beyond is of what he doesn't know. Um, but also just how the dream states were kind of depicted very dreamlike everything looked so sharp when they were in the real world but in the dream it looked more painterly like it looked more like brush strokes and and just sort of like pastel colors and and just they really try to hone in on luca's desire to to know more and his excitement to know more and and beyond what he knew in just those like little dreamlike moments and i think that was so telling for 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 his character and and where he ends up on that train at the end to actually go and do the next part of his his journey 
journey. Like it's just it really helps bring bring that home. And you see Alberto's influence on the dream, and you see Julia's influence on the dream. Right in in the first one, he's touching a giant fish surrounded by other fish because all they know is fish. And then in Julia's, they're actually exploring different parts of Italy and real real world uh, historical Italy. It's and just, both connect to space. It's pretty right. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I've I've mentioned I love the cat. Uh, the cat and and his his wild suspicions about these two sea creatures and just always around the corner like i know you guys are up to something i, I thought that was a really fun uh, little play that they they sort of carried on through the middle of the movie uh, and then you sort of mentioned i think my absolute favorite scene was when julia is telling uh, luca about how you know the stars work and then it's you know it, what's outside of our solar system a galaxy full of solar systems and what's outside of that you know i thought that was you know and you said that wide-eyed just like yearning to learn more and and this sense of discovery it was it was really really well done and just like the the influence of space and how integral like that was into italian culture to just like explore the stars as well as the sea to just be fascinated with the beyond like that's how far the culture kind of steeps itself in this story is even on the little sort of flavor points around it well that's a really good point just because italy italians played a huge role in the development of our understanding, understanding of astronomy of that's a really yeah, good exactly. point yeah yeah um anyways the the other last thing i wanted to say was uh, massimo uh, when he finds out Alberto's gone, and how he like oh, grabs yeah. his hat and he and like goes, goes right and he's like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go find him. I'm gonna, I, I will go oh. look for him." Right? So, you know, like that to me was right at the point of when it was like he's assuming a father figure role for Alberto, and you know, it did make that like you know that payoff at the end to see him come up. You knew he wasn't gonna do anything to them. You knew he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna attack them. He wasn't gonna spear them because he knew them for Alberto and Luca, right? Yeah. He didn't know them for for these sea monsters. And he, in that moment, as as we were saying, is that representation of that switch for the rest of the town. Some of them look like they're just like, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna fight Massimo because he's gonna kill us, right? Like, even with one hand, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, hey, that guy. You see that huge human? You know he kills things. <laughs> oh, I love that. It was so good. Um, and 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 then you know, Justin, you and I were talking off air about like. Um, do they do a, a sequel? Do they not do? I don't think they absolutely don't have to. No, first yeah, of all, I don't want to, them yeah. to. But I love that they they sort of gave us a little more in the credits. Right? We see the Machiavelli, yeah. the little illustration of Machiavelli and his family with his little kittens, and he's just like sitting there, like like oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself <laughs> into? And then um, you see Massimo visiting with Luca's family, uh, or like when he gives a like he gives a knife to Alberto for his birthday because Alberto is so excited, like which knife is mine? Right? And it's just. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's just again this this level of storytelling that is just it's it 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 makes you so happy to see these payoffs literally from something you've seen less than an hour and a half ago. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's it's that it's just oh, it's so good. It really wraps up the happy ending in those end yes. credit scenes. Um, yeah, we did talk offline about it. I just feel like this this film, above all other Pixar films, in my opinion really does leave it open for them to actually do another story. Like, in none of their other films did they ever need to actually do it. Narratively, they've ended in a way that, you know, they could do a sequel. And while it's not necessary, I totally agree. It's just, it's a possibility. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel so, like, closed book, right? I think, you know what that leads to, though? Pixar shorts, right? We get some more Pixar shorts. Yeah, We've already right. seen them do that with some of their other properties where yeah. we get on Disney Plus, we it's get a little short a better way, here, a yeah. little short. Like, honestly, I'm assuming we're going to get a Machiavelli short at some point. That's just him going about his day. And I just, 
I can't wait. I can't wait to see how they continue to hopefully still utilize this IP, but I don't want a sequel. I don't want a whole movie. I just yeah, want, I'll take, a, I'll take good. little moments here and there, like what we got in the credits. Awesome. Um, I mean, I guess time will tell, but uh, speaking of time, we are almost out. And so I think it's time to give our final impressions and overall scores uh, for the movie. The scales that we'll be using today <laughs> will be out of five brand spanking new Vespas. Uh, Nate, do you want to start us off? Oh, I can't wait. So you mean we don't have to ride around on the, the rickety old Vespa? No, we're going, we're going, we're going air cold style here. We're getting okay. the, fancy, the fancy flashy one. Let's go. And listen, Kevin, if it falls over, don't worry. I'll jump underneath it and you can. That was awesome. <laughs> I'll save it. Oh, yeah. it was so good. That little Chicho. Um, this movie from start to finish, uh, I think is a, a classic story that I enjoyed uh, so much with the way that it carries its its theme through every character, their lovable personalities. It's just like a warm hug, and I I, I don't know how you can't not love this movie. Um, I love how they didn't rely on bringing any sort of unnecessary like love story in or any unnecessary characters. I think everything about this movie fit perfectly in its place, and the plot was paced excellently. I can't wait to travel again and walk around Italy saying, what's wrong with you, stupido? Um, <laughs> like I said in our spoiler-free review, this movie will live on to be comfort food, um, but I, I, you know, like a really tasty dish of comfort food with some gelato, maybe. We can add that on at the end. Um, I adored this movie, and, uh, you know, I love that if you, if you want to take the narrative a few different ways, you absolutely can. There's so many different themes to work off of, and so... That's how Pixar does it. That's the magic of their storytelling. They tell stories that connect with audiences on a global scale at a human level. And I think that's the, the, the way that they were able to fit all those themes in there and not really make any... I don't think any one of them felt left out. I think they all felt important for all the characters. Um, is fantastic. This movie is getting five um, brand new Vespas. Uh, better than the one that better than ones that Air, Air Cole probably would probably, probably ride um, for sure. So please watch Luca, uh, watch it again, and then watch it again. The perfect five out of five. Gotta love it's it. Hundred percent. Oh right. yeah, I'd give it a six if I could, but I can't. You won't let me. <laughs> I won't let you. No. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Justin, what doesn't final make any thoughts? sense if you give a six. <laughs> um, I've I've overstated this given the the preview and and now this this podcast, but this movie I love for its cultural representation, its narrative themes of the friendship and the conquering the fears, and really kind of the idea of just understanding more outside of oneself. To Nate's point, this is Pixar at its best in the sense that it does tell a story for the world. It's on a global scale that everyone can relate to. So for that. It is it is absolutely stunning. Integrated with that is its beautiful aesthetic of this vibrant, culturally seaside Italian Riviera style. I absolutely love the aesthetic. It does stand on, and on its own. It, it, it's very unique. That being said, though, I think there are some things with this story and, and certain elements that I do feel like kind of get left behind. But, you know, in the end, the conclusion of this story and the end of this adventure, it's a really fun trip. For that reason, I'll give this movie four out of five brand spanking new Vespas. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've we've really gushed about uh, the things that worked well in this movie a lot over this podcast and the preview. So I won't I won't spend too much time, but I really do think that the way they've crafted their best looking movie to date uh, in combination with one of the best soundtracks they've ever had for a movie. It just, I, I've never felt more 
a part of a Pixar movie before. Like I really felt like I was right there at this seaside town with these characters and I was part of the adventure. And I think that's the lasting charm that I'm going to, you know, take away from this movie. Um, when I watched it the first time, I was like, that was okay. And then I watched it again and it just, it resonated with me so much more for whatever reason. Uh, and my score drastically improved as a result of that. Uh, so I, I am glad I gave it a second chance uh, and would thoroughly recommend that to anybody, especially because of how just short of a runtime it has and how quickly paced it is. It just, this movie zings along like you are riding on a supercharged Vespa through the Italian countryside. It is just light and breezy and easy. And I think it was almost a little too light and safe that that prevents it from reaching the, 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 the that top tier uh, you know, echelon of, of all time, great Pixar movies, but it's a wonderful addition to the library. It's probably my favorite Pixar movie since, um, Toy Story four and my favorite original Pixar story since inside out. Uh, and so for that reason, um, I, I strongly recommend this for any fans of Disney or for someone just wanting a feel good, you know, hour and 20 minutes watching a movie. And I will give this 4.1, Brand spanking new Vespas out of five. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that is all, folks. It's time for us to say good day. We hope you enjoyed this review of Luca. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And this is one of those times where we don't want you to be Silencio Bruno. In fact, we'd love to know what you thought about the movie. Uh, Justin, where can they do that? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That was like the one time he didn't say without an with, with an accent. Like, oh, what yeah, the heck? Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay, let me do that again. Let me do that again. You can reach us at the we are geekcentric at the gmail.com. That is a we are geekcentric at the gmail.com. And oh, just so you know, it's you. not a Gmail, just in case anybody was wondering, it's just at Gmail. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, guys. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty tired. This has actually been a really, really busy week for us here at uh, Geekcentric. <laughs> uh, and as a result, there's never been a better time to check us out and see what we're all about. Uh, that said, we are Geekcentric, and you can be too, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Geekcentric. Follow us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT, and follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Uh, you can also join Nate over on Twitch. Uh, what's coming up for you over on Nate Plays Games? Oh, my gosh. It's all about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Kevin, I'm telling you right now that if 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 anyone's listening to this and they don't own a PS5, I don't care if they have to sell a liver or sell uh, their all their scales or, or sell their Vespa even. They need to play, get a PS5 and play Ratchet and Clank. It is... Up there with, I would say, Miles Morales as the best um, PS5 game. And I know there's not a ton of them, but, you know, for the fact that Insomniac as a developer has made the top two standards of what gaming should be like on PS5 is just fantastic. And uh, that is what I'm streaming on twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. Um, so check out uh, my Instagram, which will be in the description as well of the podcast, so that you can find out when I'm going live and rocking that game. Well, and just as a heads up for our listeners, you only have one liver, so don't sell that, but you do have two <laughs> kidneys, so maybe okay. one of those can go. <laughs> Listen, I've got, too much, I've got too much Pixar on the brain, okay? I don't there have the ability. 
ability to look up anatomy. Uh, that's awesome. Nate, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this splashy review. And as we say, Ti amo. Resta a casa al serio. Uh, peace. <laughs> <laughs>